UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And next week, the Big Ten Media assembles in Chicago... One of the first events announcing the beginning of football season. Well, Andy, what do you think about how Harbaugh has been dealing with the media so far? Well, we've had a couple of years of him now, and I think he's an absolute master at leading him where he wants to go. He gets what he wants. He gets the publicity. He gets good publicity. He's become known around the country. Michigan has had nothing but good publicity during his regime. The trip to Rome was a masterstroke. Now he says he's going to play a game over there at some point in time that he wants to do that. So I would say that, in my estimation, Harbaugh has been a media man. He's doing it mostly right, if not all right. Where Harbaugh has to prove it is he has to beat Ohio State this year and put that put that thing to rest because uh, it's, it's got to do it on the playing field. They made some. I didn't think they uh, did a good job against Florida State. They lost three out of their last four last year. All of those are concerning things. So now it's moved beyond. Whether he's good at the media or not, it's whether he can produce the wins that are necessary to maintain the kind of Wolverine program that he's that he wants. Well, I have to agree with you. I think that you know, looking back as as we enter the third season. The first season, you know, we had heard all kinds of things about Harbaugh and the media and, you know, having observed him during his NFL career and then his coaching career, you know, watching him from afar, we would always see the eruptions with the media. He'd say something to to tick the NCAA off or to tweak the NFL. And his first season here, his first spring, he was really reserved. And I remember watching him kind of being surprised that, you know, a guy who had a reputation of being so outspoken really seemed to rein himself in. And, boy, has it changed since then. I mean, he's he's really genuinely um, given a master class in, in dealing with the media. Um, you know, I remember watching, uh, you know, the first signing of the Stars event, and not that, you know, again, Hoke was decent with the media, Rich Rod really wasn't good with the media, Lloyd had kind of a interesting relationship with the media that, that kind of got a little rambunctious uh, as, as his career went on, but watching Harbaugh at that first signing of the Stars was really watching somebody who who's put a lot of time and in, in, in thought and how to deal with the media. And basically, I mean, again, this is a guy who's dealt with the media crush at, at the NFL level and for a Super Bowl. So he, he really genuinely is good. Um, you know, again, the way that he, he owns social media with Twitter and the way that, you know, he, I, I'm really looking forward to now the announcement has come down that he's on YouTube 
And I think what Harbaugh understands, um, and in some ways it's very similar to, to what we're seeing in, in politics with, with President Trump, is that the media is, is kind of a, a sideshow now. Um, Harbaugh can talk directly to his fans on Twitter, um, and you know, from dealing with the media as well as he does, the media eats up pretty much everything that he says. So he's a master at controlling the message. Um, you know, I, I laughed this week. Um, he has they have the the, the uh, soccer team from Rome in town. Yes, that, a master stroke. That that they went and visited when they were in uh, in. Italy, and what's funny is that Harbaugh didn't take part in the in the soccer scrimmage, and he gave all kinds of information about his injury, you know where it happened, how it happened. He'd be back, and I, I kind of laugh because he never gives that kind of injury information on one of his players. And I, I was, right. I thought that was that was actually pretty funny. I mean, you know, if, if it was if he was reporting on a player, it would be, well, I'm really not a doctor, and. He's going to be fine. We really don't have an update, but he was—he's all—he's uh, all happy to tell everybody that he hurt himself playing softball at, at uh, you know, with some lungs. All no nonsense and takes this position at Michigan seriously. He ought to probably for seven million dollars, but he truly is interested in what he's doing, and he's an inventive character. But like all college coaches. He has to win, and it's kind of too bad the way the cards spoke for him this year that last year was his experienced players all left, or many of them did, on both sides of the ball. Hulk uh, uh, had his best year when he had a full cadre of, of experienced players that he inherited and did his best the first year, and then it was uh, downhill from there. But Carlo uh, has to win. That's the name of the game. And Michigan has to play in the Big Ten championship game. They have to go to a playoff. They have to at least better what Michigan State has done in the recent past in that area and try to approach Ohio State or the, the publicity, the rest of it doesn't mean anything if you don't have the right wins at the right time in the right places. In that last game against uh, uh, Florida State, was electric in that, in that they scored all those big plays, made all those big plays, and won it seemingly fairly easily. And that was a big disappointment. I expected better out of that. There's still questions on Don Brown's defense. He's getting a lot of publicity as the absolute guru on defense. And I keep wondering, does he have the kind of defense that's his scheme in fight big plays? And I got to, uh, to be happy this year, I got I got to see the big play hurts disappear. There were just too many of them against Florida State. We won't talk about the other games. They should have beat Iowa, and they should have taken Ohio State in the year in which Ohio State was struggling. was not a super team, but they didn't do it. So they, that was 
an enormous lost opportunity. Well, and I think that's the thing that, you know, when you talk about that Harbaugh has to win, I'm not so sure. I mean, listen, his job is secure, and it's almost, you know, it's crazy to say otherwise. Um, I do think that this is the year that you do need one of the big wins. Now, if somehow Michigan, you know, rolls through the schedule and can somehow, you know, make the Big Ten championship game um, while losing to Ohio State, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, theoreticals here. Um, but, but I guess what I need, to, what I would really like to see is, okay, so Michigan State is, is in complete collapse right now. So you want you never want to count a rivalry game, but boy, you sure you think you sure should you know handle that one this year. Um, again, Ohio State last year they they had they had a real opportunity to win down there. They didn't, and you know the people are still whining about the officiating, and you know ultimately, yeah, it was unfortunate. JT may have been short, but it's a loss in the in the record book. And, That's right. And this year, they're going to have plenty of experience by the end of the season, and they have Ohio State here. So I guess what I would really like to see this year is, again, a win over Ohio State or a Big Ten championship berth and or a college playoff berth. I mean, now, out of those three, out of those three things, I mean, really – I think you'd, you'd rather have the college playoff berth. Now, I think yes. going to the Big Ten championship game and winning there gives you a leg up on that. I mean, I'm not sure you can you cannot win your division and not win uh, you know the Big Ten championship game and still make the playoffs. But again, there's a whole bunch of hypotheticals. But I guess that's what I'm looking at is I kind of have three markers, and as long as I see one of them, I think you're showing progress. Um, right. And, and again, however you do it, I mean, you know, again, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to say give up, you know, beating Ohio State. That would be, we really need to do that just for the overall state of, of the rivalry. But again, I'm not going to poo-poo if somehow we, you know, if somehow that that game isn't nearly as important and Michigan still makes the Big Ten championship game. But I guess those are my markers. I want to beat Ohio State. Or I want to make the Big Ten championship game and or uh, the college playoff. Now, if somehow he can run the table on all three of those, um, you know, I, I'd say that we can start putting a statue next to Bose uh, outside of Schembechler Hall. But, again, there are a lot of questions. I mean, you made a really great point that, you know, uh, and, and I, I've been telling this to people, and, I, you know, we've talked about it, that really, you know, if you look at Hoke's two-year record and Harbaugh's two-year record, they're just a game difference. The difference was by the third year, the wheels started coming off because Hoke's staff really didn't have the ability to develop talent, and um, the offense was a disaster. I mean, other you know, basically, other than Denard, um, the offense was a was an Al Borges powered you know shit show. Um, so now the reason I feel real good about Harbaugh is listen. He has a, a top-notch coaching staff. These guys are Absolutely. being these guys are being recruited to lead other programs. 
guys have left. I mean, I, I think you definitely you can definitely see the signs heading into this third season that we're going to see something different than what we saw in Hoax third year, and 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 remarkably better. But like you said, you know, you're, you're pretty much you got a you got a whole new defense starting. A lot of people are, are are talking about well, but almost everybody coming back in defense has played quite a bit. Yeah, they played quite a bit, but they weren't good enough to to beat the incumbents as starters. And right. you know that doesn't mean they're not going to be good. But again, you know one of the things that you have when you have four or five starters repeated returning on defense is, is you have kind of a a, a rhythm. You have a, a unit that's built. It's going to take a couple games to get that. I think, and you know, well, will they get there? They'll get there, but it's a question of, you know, to automatically assume they're going to be as good as last year's unit. I, I, you know, again, I don't see how you subtract Jordan Lewis and Jabril Peppers, and suddenly you're better. I, I, I don't, but you know, there's, there's, you know, listen, they'll be really good on defense. I know people are going crazy over Rashawn Gary. He is a beast. He will be amazing, and yet. Subtract, yeah. subtract Jordan Lewis and and Jabril Peppers from your defense, and you know that's a that's a pretty tall order. You can say though that a lot of the people, a lot of the people who didn't start, did get extensive experience last year. Hurst, for instance, got extensive experience. So did Rashawn. Both of them. So you can't quite call them uh, inexperienced there because they played a lot last year and they played well last year. So they they can probably pick that up. They're not going to be able to. They're not going to have the best defense in the country this year with a with brand new guys um, in the back room there, in the corners and the safeties. There are going to be some defensive lapses, but I hope they have developed will develop a, an ability to control the lead, keep the lead, keep the game. If Michigan does manage to get a few points ahead. These guys can play well enough to maintain it and win. It's going to be an interesting year because there are so many imponderables, so many things that you don't really have a handle on, so many new faces and everything. The coaching staff is pretty much the same this year. It's got all sorts of people out there gathering intelligence, all these uh uh, offensive assistance and all that. And I like Pep Hamilton. I think he'll bring something to the offense that we haven't had. Maybe uh, a short passing game. And I hope they can develop a running game. And to me, that's one of the keys to this team. If they don't develop a running game this year, they're not going to do well. Well, and again, that's one of the, the big questions is how fast the offensive line can come together. I mean, you definitely, again, you have a lot of talent. You have a lot of talent. The question is, how do you get, um, you know, how do you convert that talent into, um, you know, into results quickly? Because when you look at the schedule, you know, you have that, you have, you got to get past that big opener. Then you have a couple games to get healthy. And, you know, when I say healthy, I mean you have a couple games to, to get everybody, find their place on the field, and get, get a rhythm going. And then you head on the road to Penn State. You have road games uh, in Wisconsin. Um, you know that Michigan State, 
as as wounded as they are, are going to be pointing at that game uh, to kind of save their season. So it's going to be real interesting to see how everything goes. And um, again, I mean, we talked about you know Harbaugh getting ready to to you know get ready for the, the Big Ten Media Day. The big thing is, you know. It, He's got to get this team in, and uh, and again we've talked about this. You know, all this he's good at. He is good at everything. Now you got to win those big games. Um, that's right. You know, it's that's really a sideshow compared to winning the big game, and that's, that's right. what we that's need to see. You know, I don't want people out there to think that we're down on the University of Michigan football this year. Uh, they may be a diamond. But if they are a diamond this year, they are a diamond in the rough. So it's hard to tell just exactly what's going to happen. And that's one thing that makes football so interesting. Another thing is the pattern of the injuries as they happen and where they happen, what position and the time of year and when and how bad they are. All of those things, and there will be injuries to people that we wouldn't do without if we didn't have to. Every year, every year, it's part of the game, and that'll happen, and we'll see how they can overcome that. With these inexperienced people, will they have a good next man up program? But I, I don't want anybody to think we're downgrading University of Michigan and their prospects and everything. Just trying to take a realistic look at what we have to look at at this time in the season. In the in the football cycle. Yep, and again, I think that uh, you know we're going to be there's going to be a lot of hype the next couple of weeks. It's kind of silly season, and yeah. uh, I think it is important to to look at the things objectively that that needs to happen. So yes, objectively, as two died in the wall, Michigan fans like us can. Well, and and in uh, another note. Uh, you know, kind of keeping an eye on Ohio State. It broke in the last week that Chris Spielman is suing Ohio State for the use of his image. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that this isn't really about the money for Spielman. I'm sure that, that you know, he's doing relatively well. He's, he's uh, you know, he had a, a pretty decent NFL career and He's gone on to have a, a pretty good career in the media. Um, but I'm sure that there are other players at Ohio State who aren't doing as well, who, who the money may make a difference for. And I think it's kind of the principle. Um, and, and it's interesting because one of the big things that you know, we talk about you know, following Michigan is Michigan is known for not allowing advertising in the stadium. And one of the things that, that Spielman is suing Ohio State for is apparently they have banners going around with the all-time greats sponsored by, you know, sponsored by a corporate sponsor. So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. And, and I'll tell you, I, I think that this is the first shot in a lot of, um, you know, I think there are going to be a lot of these kind of cases. Um, the NCAA and... and Universities have have been making a lot of money using the the image of former players, and uh, I think that those roosters are, are coming home to roost. Um, 
So it, it, it's definitely we need definitely something we need to keep an eye on. And uh, again, I, I will say this about Spielman: he's one of the you know for a guy who played at Ohio State and for the Detroit Lions, two teams that I really don't I don't like. Um, I've always respected him. You know, he conducted himself with, with real grace. Um, you know, during the illness of his first wife. You know, as she passed away from breast cancer, and that. I've always thought that he was a really, you know, classy individual, uh, despite coming from Ohio State. Um, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see how this, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to impact his standing down in Columbus because, um, you know, they can be a little rough down there. I mean, um, you know, Kirk Herbstreet, you know, talked about that he actually had to move his family out of Columbus because um, they took so much flack. From him trying to be, sure. trying to be an even-handed announcer, and uh, we can we can debate how well that went, but you know how even-handed he was. But you know, anytime he criticized Ohio State or, or was not a a, a big enough booster, um, he kind of took flack from people. So it'll be interesting to see as we move forward, um, you know how how Spielman is treated and really how quickly Ohio State settles on this because. I gotta believe that uh, you know they're they're gonna want to they're gonna want to make this go away, but you know what kind of precedent is it gonna set? It's it's also interesting to think about what is maturing here, and there are signposts and guideposts that are being built. That UCLA case uh, indicated that there's an antitrust issue. There can be antitrust issues here. And this case seems to be focused on uh, corporate companies and stuff. Um, the shoe companies, other companies, adver- directly advertising this stuff. And I think some of that in that area is what is wrong with college basketball to a great, great, great degree. Coach really doesn't, a lot of coaches really don't recruit anymore. The AAU coach does all this. Uh, and the college coach just takes what he's fed, you know, by these people that channel him. Uh, and the shoe company sponsor a lot of that sort of stuff. So I think they're going to be guideposts. I think that the whole situation is evolving, and I'm hopeful that it will evolve in a more level evolve into a more level playing field and and help the players but it's a complex issue what do you do with title nine what do you do with all these things that get in the way of just paying them uh it's it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves and it is going to evolve things are going to change uh, the court cases are going to put up guideposts that everybody's going to have to watch. But we don't know, you or I or anybody else really doesn't know how they're going to change, except that it looks like players are going to make more money off of their images than they have in the past. And that's uh, probably I'll good. tell you, the interesting thing for me is, so you see the wave of layoffs at ESPN, and... The thought, the thought being that they've, you know, overpaid for the rights to some leagues, and then you, you, we know that that you know the Big Ten is fat and happy and and um, you know generating revenue from the cable deal, 
And the thought seems to be it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But we're kind of seeing, you know, at ESPN, there's a certain point that the growth will stop at some point. And then add into that, you know, there are tons of people who would love to stop paying for cable altogether. Um, You know, if you could, you know, there are people, they call it cutting the cord. And really, I mean, where I'm at, if I could, if I could get a package that I could get all of Michigan games without having cable, I probably wouldn't have cable. I mean, there are a couple things like I, I really like watching Game of Thrones, you know, on HBO, which just premiered. But there's not a lot else, and and it's a huge expense. So it's going to be interesting that how the you know if the growth can be sustained and. And what kind of happens when when the bubble breaks? Um, when the cable when the cable bubble breaks, right? And that's gonna that that's gonna change. There's no question about it. That uh, people aren't gonna. Uh, in the first place, there ought to be some competition allowed in these areas. I have one cable company available, and only one, and uh, they charge quite a bit. And Netflix and the rest of these Wi-Fi people are are going to take that over at some point in time. Roku, that kind of thing. Amazon too. Yep. So like I said, there's going to be yep. there's going to be change in that. There's going to be change in the game. Nothing is static. Something is always being born. Something's dying. Something is dying. It's but going to be. I think the paying paying the players thing is going to get to be more of a reality as we push on here. See, but that's the that's the problem that I see is that um, at some point, uh, you know, listen, if, if the it would be interesting if the Big Ten, if one of the leagues made a deal with a Netflix or an Amazon, okay, for a boatload of money, um, mm-hmm. you know, if I could get my Michigan football along with my Netflix, that would be ideal for me. But what I but the thing that I wonder is again at some point say that the revenue bubble bursts um, it would be unfortunate if you know when it, when we're, when there's finally a mechanism to get players paid for the bubble to burst right after um, when when again they're you know you'd like to see them participate in some way now. Um, you know, again, and again, you just kind of look at the trends and wonder, you know, you hope that that uh, everything gets handled. So, well, Andy, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue!